0: This week's episode of Merge Conflict is brought to you by Syncfusion. You know Syncfusion. You love Syncfusion. I love Syncfusion because they deliver to you the most comprehensive UI toolkits for all of your favorite platforms. Whether you're developing web applications with JavaScript or ASP.NET Core, React or Angular, or mobile applications with Xamarin or UWP, or heck, even desktop applications with WinForms or WPF, they have everything that you simply need. I love them because when I go in to build an application, they have it all. They have data grids, charts, graphs, date pickers, combo box, buttons, all the things that I don't wanna build over and over again. Better yet, they have crazy, complex, amazing controls such as Kanban boards, these full spark lines, range navigators, maps, all the gauges that you could simply imagine. Now, what I do love though, is when you get a little bit deeper into the woods and you need to deal with file formats. They fully support Excel, PDF, Word, and PowerPoint. It's a simple drag and drop control into any of your applications. So where do you go to learn more? It's easy. Go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict to learn about all of their amazing charts, controls, and UI toolkits for all of the great platforms. Simply go to syncfusion.com slash merge conflict and thanks to Syncfusion for sponsoring this episode of Merge Conflict. Frank, Frank, Frank! It is a beautiful fall week here in beautiful
1: Seattle, Washington. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right. Except by the time I actually got out of bed, we had already set the clocks back, and it was like 4 p.m. and all dark. So I really kind of missed out on the day. How was it?
0: The time zones, man. Let me tell you, <laughs> I it, it, it well. I was complaining today about uh, time zones and units. How terrible it is to convert. <laughs> from different units to other units. I know that F sharp has some built-in conversions, but we're doing like Um, degrees per second to radians per seconds to like hertz and all these things. It was a headache. I was like, man, it was bringing me back to my time zone frustration, which brought me back to Sunday morning when I woke up and I was like, (laughs) did I sleep too much? I think I did.
1: (laughs) Well, sir, you need Calca. Calca can help you with all those conversions. (laughs) And I should mention F-Sharp doesn't actually come with any conversions. It comes with you can declare measurements, which is super nice because you don't create bugs, but no measurements. But yeah, it's the, it's the time zone. You know, I I feel like I'm an old person and I still mess up time zone math. If I'm on the East coast, I get the direction wrong. So like I miss meetings, not by two hours, but by four hours. And then when I come back, I'm still missing them by, you know, six hours, not three. (laughs) I'm terrible at time zones. It's impossible to to get them
0: correct. It's just every day it's just something different, something new. And you're just like, Oh, I don't want to have to
1: remember just why can't we have figured this out by now. Like, why is it so difficult? Well, time zones are important, but I think you're talking about daylight savings. And we are going to get uh, the Europeans are getting rid of it and we're totally going to copy them. I hope. Right. I'm in. I'm all for not having it
0: anymore. <laughs> we don't need a Frank. We don't need it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I do like the dark. I always say during the summer that I can't wait till it gets dark again. And then the darkness comes and I'm like, oh, yeah. This stinks
0: <laughs> it's, it's my fear is if people don't know in seattle it's it, it during the summer and spring it's great it's it's very yeah. very bright until like really late at night 10 o'clock and then all of a sudden this daylight savings hit and four o'clock completely dark outside like i'm looking outside I, I can't even see the road it is just pitch black
1: so we're recording at 6 p.m so instead of falling back an hour i think we should have sprung forward two hours in the fall doesn't make any sense but that means it would have been bright out i mean well i'm sorry it would have been dark now but 8 p.m that's a reasonable time for it to be dark we could have that.
0: yeah and it's very complicated because other countries i learn do it
1: weeks and and like weeks before weeks after we do it (laughs) yeah it's just totally random it's whatever the politicians decided would do best in their county, whatever it means. <laughs> and you know that I work with my 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 normal day day job is
0: working with um, one of our engineers that it's in Ireland and another engineer who's in Australia.
1: It's literally that's impossible right. to
0: to do anything.
1: Ah, uh, it's Slack and all your meeting software. That that stuff all works, right? I haven't been in the corporate world in a while though, so I haven't had to deal with meetings. But that's all figured out. You know everything works, but the
0: biggest problem that honestly needs to be solved frank you're a software engineer you could solve this is is creating something to help me you know figure out when everyone could actually be on a phone call together
1: this is the problem that everyone tries to solve with that software isn't that the whole reason that software exists to get a bunch of people into a meeting room and a bunch of people onto a phone call that's what Yes, that's the whole but, point of outlook right <laughs>
0: so so outlook right everyone has everyone has their set times like mine is from 7 to 4 every single day or 7:30 to 4 every single day so everyone has those so when you go to schedule a meeting it'll be like hey um these are the available times for people where they don't have other meetings or it's not their end of their day mm-hmm. yeah. but the problem is that when somebody is in ireland and someone is in australia or someone's in india and you need to do it so two different time zones on the completely opposite side you need to look at some website and say Uh, okay when can i actually stay up either really late or really early so i can be inclusive to everyone Because you know
1: i still feel like the the gui could do that very nicely it could plot everyone out on a map and show the time show if it's going to be darker light at the meeting for them this is, create this that actually done. Yes, <laughs> it create it. Do it. Maybe all right. I think <laughs> you're number too, James. This this
0: physically <laughs> this does not exist in the world. Frank, this is a million dollar idea.
1: So we're on Outlook version 2019. So that means there are 2019 versions of it, right? And they still haven't added this feature. <laughs> they haven't figured it out yet. Time zones are hard. Time zones are hard. Okay. Ah. All right. Well, aside from the darkness, anything else going on in your life? I like. I don't mind the darkness, so it's not a big deal for me.
0: No, everything is great, and uh, you came up with the the pixel perfect topic for this this week. I Frank. Did. what are we talking about? I
1: did um, I hope it's not too boring <laughs> but it it came up for me, and it's an old topic, definitely in the iOS community, and that is a, whether you should bug your users for reviews and B. How do you go about doing that? Like the actual technical perspective. And it's been a bit of a roller coaster in the iOS community. At first we didn't do it, then we did do it, then we didn't do it. And then Apple supported it. And I've I've noticed that myself, I've been following this roller coaster and I'm back on the train of bugging the user. So I wanted to talk about it and see how you feel about bugging the user.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, it's it's an it's a, it is an interesting roller coaster for you and I only because we've been doing it for so long. Uh, it's been seven years for me and I can remember early on it. And the, the, pro, the thing is the problem and the solutions haven't really changed in seven years. Yeah, you know, the, sadly. there's been, there's, <laughs> there's been tweaks and each platform is a little bit different, but it is an age old dilemma of getting that pop-up that annoys everyone. And what we're talking about is that hey, do you like this app? Do you love this app? You should totally review this app. So maybe, Frank, instead of talking about the implementation, we should actually step back and investigate why do you want these people to review these apps or why are you bugging them potentially so often, Frank, for, for your application?
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So definitely we should start here. And I'm going to give the simple God honest truth here. We bug users because it increases our review scores and increased review scores means increased profits. There is a direct line, unfortunately. It's sad. You wish the world was more complicated in some things. You wish, you know, you wish you didn't have to do this, but unfortunately... Um, there is a direct correlation along those lines. So the big problem is no one wants to review apps. I don't review apps. I don't, I don't like doing it. I'm not going to go to a thing and write an essay about how I think this developer could have done a better job and how I don't like the colors that they chose. I'm just not into that, but I am totally into, um, easy, like one in five star reviews because it's very light, uh, context stuff. And I think that that's, that's okay, but. And and that actually does help the developer. And I think that we're moving to a world that has that. And that's why it's becoming okay again to do this.
0: Hmm. It's 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 intriguing because your correlation is to understand, uh, your correlation is if I get more reviews, I get more users, which in turn gives me more profit. Yeah. I am going to flip the script a little bit here. I'm going to program manage the crap out of you. Oh boy. Uh Uh, So really what you're aiming to seek from these reviews is direct feedback in correlation to how are your users using your application? What do they like about your app? What do they not like about your app? To take that feedback and then directly correlate that into bug fixes, features Mm -hmm. that will improve your application and ideally then attract more customers to your application. That's a different way of looking at it.
1: No, that's. I would say that that's actually a whole secondary topic. Um, I would not include that in what I said before. My my way is a, quite a bit more cynical, unfortunately, and that is quite simply: the larger the number of reviews you have, and the more stars there are, the more people are going to download your app. It's that simple.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. There we go. So that I think that one right there is the nail on the head. Yes. And and it, let's let's dissect that a little bit yeah. here, which is. If you release an app and it has zero stars,
1: yeah. nobody's going to download it. It stinks. I hate releasing apps, like brand new apps. It's so depressing because you go on there and you got no reviews, no stars. And maybe I'm talking personally, but I, I think everyone does this. We, we have three pieces of information when we search for apps. We get a name. We get an icon. Uh, the reviews. And I'm sorry. OK, screenshots. OK, we have four things. But I look at the icon unfortunately (laughs) then i look Mm -hmm. at the name and i look at the reviews and the screenshots are just okay does it look like it roughly does what i want it to do but like how, would, how do I distinguish between three apps that all look like they roughly do what I want them to do? I look at the reviews and I look at how many reviews do you have and roughly how high it is. Because I'm an app developer, I'm a lot more generous on the stars thing. I don't require every app to have five or four stars because I know how people review things. <laughs> but I am looking for like three stars and lots of reviews. Mm, yeah, I've, I've watched some
0: people I've got tried to get some feedback from some some users about applications. And that was one of the very first things that they would say is like, Oh, why would I install this app? It has no star like no one's using it It seems a little <laughs> sketchy, you know, it seems yeah. as if, you know, it's not good. So yeah, I think it's, that the, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sad correlation, right? Which is that this, this star rating, it's direct impact. And also, at the same time, it's not just Oh, if you have, it's some weird correlation, right? Because let's say that you have a thousand reviews or like a hundred, a hundred of views. That seems more
1: typical. Yeah. Actually a hundred is a good number too. So get, get to that point. You have a
0: hundred of views, but you have four stars. Is that better or worse than 10 reviews at five stars?
1: Well, this is where the personal decision-making comes into. Me, personally, I always go for the more reviewed product. Um, I like products that have been around for a while and that have done things, which is totally wrong because I'm totally the type of person that would release yet another weather app and be like, come try my weather app. It's way better than (laughs) everyone else's weather app. And I know for me personally, I would probably never even try my own weather. Not, Not because it's my own, but because... I do bias myself towards old apps and lots of reviews and that kind of stuff. So um, especially the one that you happen to mention, five stars, 10 reviews. uh, Wow, you got 10 friends together to get you five stars. Congrats. Um, Or you paid someone. I'm not impressed by five stars, ten reviews, not at all. So
0: it's almost almost better if there's not a perfect score because yeah. Well, first I want to say if you got ten friends, that is a great achievement, and you should this more than me. So fair
1: enough. That's great. Like
0: uh, honestly, if you got ten friends to you somehow got ten friends to download your app. Hey Bob, can you download my app and then give me a review? We I can't get ten friends to listen to our podcast,
1: Frank. I know, I know. And and my beta testers. I think I have two thousand beta testers, but I get reports from about five. So <laughs> But you're yeah, right. You're right. Yeah. I, I
0: think I, I do agree with you in, in that. So okay, so now okay. now those are the reviews, but so, what about the quality of reviews, right? You were right, ten, okay. you were talking about stars versus reviews. They're different.
1: Yeah. So that was the cynical, how do I make money on the store? I need to promote myself. Now, you brought it to the nice PM world of learning from your users. And absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There's a lot to be learned from the written reviews. Now, I did also preface that I never write these myself. Do you write reviews? Uh, I have. I definitely have in the past. (laughs) No, that doesn't count. Do you write reviews?
0: Come on. <laughs> uh, no, I don't do it for... No. <laughs> you know, it, it, the, the intriguing part is that I am. I have a hard time writing any reviews. Like I stayed at a great Airbnb yeah. recently. Oh, man, it's like so many Ugh. things to fill out. I, You know, I don't... I know. I, what am I going to say? A like, great app, right? You know, g- good thing. Right. Because it doesn't provide value at the end of the day. So any short review or long review or any short review, positive or negative, doesn't actually help. Now, I, I do read reviews on, on Amazon. I don't necessarily read reviews on the store. You know, when I do read reviews is when something changed and then to see uh-huh. if it broke for other people and they're complaining about it. That's when I read <laughs> reviews and maybe I'll comment something, but then it's it, the, in, my, in my mind, since I'm an app developer, I know how this works. If I write a review, then it is my duty
1: to go and update that review as the app evolves over time. Uh, you're so kind. No one does that, unfortunately. And I guess, yeah, you could actually say the whole spark of this conversation is me debating whether to reset my iOS reviews or not. <laughs> because <laughs> you, we do live in a much better world than iOS first started out in. And uh, the iTunes store, you posted an app, people reviewed it, they put their little star rating, the end. Uh, people complained about this because we couldn't acknowledge customer feedback but now you can actually reply to reviews and i think that that's a way you can kind of guilt someone and do like come on up those stars Mm. look i'm trying here look i'm I'm doing this i'm doing that and that's your opportunity to interact with the user in general also in the past i relied on bug reports for this so if someone wrote in and we had a good conversation, and I'd usually write back in the last email. By the way, leave me a review, <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> only on the only when I was actually able to solve their problems. Otherwise, I'm like, don't there review this product? <laughs> it's fine. So, well, it, those are th-
0: those are golden opportunities, by the way, to get a review. So when we think about you are having a conversation with a human being that has installed, took time out of their day to report a bug, even if it was somewhat automated, um, you're replying back. It is a great opportunity to even let them know that they can write a review. I think a lot of people don't even, you know, ever think about writing a review at all. It's like, hey, it could really help me out if, if you write a review. And if it sounds personal, someone is a little bit more likely to to go do that. So even without doing anything in your app, if you have any human interaction on Twitter, on email, or other mediums, it seems like that is a good a starting point.
1: Yeah. And it's funny, you're you're making me think, um, I, I always looked at it as this was my only opportunity to talk to the user. And so I I had to use it where I could. But now there are alternatives, but you're making me realize it wasn't just the only opportunity. It was a good opportunity, like you said, because it was an actual conversation. You are talking on human terms with each other. It isn't just some marketing blitz. So you're right. That probably was not just an alternative, but actually a good alternative. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Okay, but then so it's story time. Um. At some point, some genius app started popping up a dialogue. So people aren't reviewing their app enough. And some genius says, I'm just going to pop up a dialogue and ask them to review my app. And that changed everything. And <laughs> the, the new era of begging for <laughs> user stuff. And uh, I put this into iCircuit myself. Uh, back in the day, there was a very nice Xamarin component, in fact, that took care of a lot of the nasty work for you. And we can talk about the details of doing one of these dialogues correctly. But I put this in iCircuit, and 100% it helped. I went from 50 reviews to 150. The star rating went up. The quality of the reviews went up. Everything was great. So, did do you re- yeah, do you remember this time? This is like... Uh, early 2010 so 2010 2011 2012 were you around for that stuff
0: Mm -hmm. oh yeah this is this is the golden opportunity of not everyone has done it so the first few people (laughs) that could implement this and start bugging their users it could do it
1: yeah yeah and then gruber gruber came ding and gruber said everyone who does one of these pop-up dialogues deserves deserves a one-star review and it was just like mm. crushing because i like my apps i'm a big fan of the mac developer community the mac community all that stuff so i always want to be a good ios app i always want to be a good mac app and when one of the largest community members <laughs> says something like that you're just like oh god so this thing that's been helping me that's really improved my life he's telling me i shouldn't do it because it's bad for the community worse some knuckleheads actually listened to him and gave me a bunch of one-star reviews. And I was just like, oh God, would you just jump off a cliff if someone told you? But I guess they would. That's yeah. cynicism there. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, it's,
0: it, it's hard when uh, such, such an influential person kind of starts to do this trickle, right? It not only trickles through the community of of people that follow Gruber, uh, but um, it, it starts to trickle into people watch other people and then developers are scared to put it in. So they have to, you know, kind of backtrack on it and what's the best way, how do we do it? So it's, you know, not bugging them or we kind of can figure out maybe when we can do it, you know, and I'm finding his article here, even his comments on the newer reviews, but he even says that he is a longtime time critic. Of yeah. it and uh, to, to rate, you know, one star for any, anyone annoying them with a pop-up for review. And that's, That's pretty detrimental only because it actually was helping developers get those reviews. So not, not any shade on Gruber, but at the end of the day, unfortunately that little bug screen, which still happens in a lot of my applications today on Android uh, that I use, um, you know, is, is still hurting or helping. But I, I will say this, that to me, there's a educated way of doing an app store review so here's the wrong way to do it okay frank Here's <laughs> mm, the wrong what you got way. what you got give me some bad ui design <laughs> yeah. someone installs your app for the first time ever and they open it and you prompt them for a
1: review i literally had this happen in an app to me yesterday first time using the app and it just big old dialogue how are you enjoying the app i'm like i literally just ran you for the first time close i have no i have no idea (laughs) on install boom no i needed it Um, so i just closed it but yeah like what what are you thinking here so there definitely are good ways to do it and i think that was kind of my complaint with um gruber's article was that he said don't do it this way but then didn't have any alternatives to offer up and i i think that's that's the unfortunate part you know, it's, it's the classic meeting scenario. Don't complain about something until you have a solution. <laughs> it sounds terrible, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's the real world, right? No one likes a complainer. People like problem solvers. And yeah. so that was a complaint with it. And then the other complaint was the, these one-star reviews are fun and everything to do to Facebook because, you know, forget them. They're Facebook but <laughs> but the small developers who are relying on this for income to pay rent it's just crushing to give one-star reviews like that so even if you're having a bad day um, don't give one- star reviews just don't review it at all it's it's really bad for people
0: yeah if you're gonna give a one-star review email them and let them know hey what's going on and maybe they'll they'll get back to you and and if they give their you know based on the size yeah you, know. you know you still want to give that you still want to get no. the feedback. I think that's what's It's not porn, feedback.
1: It. No, no. See, that's the problem. People are confusing criticism mm. with feedback with reviews. These are three totally different things, and they're all conflated into this one single number. So, no, it's not feedback. It's not a feedback signal. It's a punishment signal. So it's like saying that punching someone in the face is feedback. Well, okay, technically, by all definitions, yes, you did relay some communication here. But is that what it really was? No. (laughs) So uh, I might be biased, but that's how I personally see it. It's not feedback at that point. It's vengeance.
0: That makes some logical sense at the end of the day. And, and, And you're right. There are... There are two distinct features here, which is feedback versus a review. When I think of a review, for instance, on Nintendo Dispatch, you know, another podcast that I do, mm-hmm. you know, that everyone can listen mm-hmm. to, you know, name drop, uh, the drop everyone there, a little Go promo. listen to
1: the Nintendos.
0: <laughs> we have reviews and we play a game fully. We we take look at all of its ups and downs and then we... We rate it. We write a full review, giving an overview of what the game is, what we liked about it, what we didn't like about it, its functionality and the, the gameplay, the graphics, the music. Then we give it a score. And here's the score. It's out of five, oh, yeah. which would be kind of like a, a star review out of five. Yeah. And then here's your review. It's, it's a whole thing. But that's not what people do, Frank. That's not what people <laughs> do in the App Store. They're doing it no. to give you feedback, not a review. Often. Yeah,
1: so what you're getting is five star means I love the app and I'm willing to tolerate its bugs. Four star is it's a good app and the bugs are a little annoying. Three is the bugs are super annoying. Two and one are, I hate you. So (laughs) I I should put up an infographic explaining how star reviews work to people.
0: (laughs) Well, they're, they're also at the same time, since they are a feedback mechanism, they are a great signal of when you release, um, an update to your app and it breaks everybody that you need to be on alert (laughs) immediately.
1: You need to review those, read those reviews. So. they are definitely communicating a lot of information at that point yeah that it's it's the worst feedback loop because if you ever receive this yourself you get a little bit of a heart attack it's not good for your general health but yeah when you see uh, app used to be great but now crashes every time I used it you just oh god I'm not a good software developer <laughs> and so. those those ones I hope are easy to recover from because you would hope that you could just reply to them individually and say hey hey I fixed it please could you update your uh rating yeah yeah and well so let's talk about that what are the
0: let's talk about the mechanisms i guess of what we can do as developers to not only get those ratings like when to do those ratings but also how to properly give feedback to our users because things have definitely changed and are always evolving for us
1: yeah so in iOS, um, I'm sorry I keep talking to iOS because I really don't know the rules very well on the other one. So I'm hoping you'll fill in the details there. I Apple, yeah, Apple Apple went anti-Gruber, which isn't too common. And they said, no, these dialogues are fine. Uh, we're just going to improve them. The problem was before people would uh, ask you a somewhat vague dialogue and then bounce you to a web page. Well, we're just going to make that dialogue better now. So in iOS, when you pop up this dialogue, and I'm sure you've seen it, Quite simply, just has the little star score on it. So you can very quickly just pick a star score and move on. Uh, You can also write a review if you want to, but I've never clicked that button. I assume some people do, and that's good for you. Be a good person. But along with that API that pops up that dialogue, Apple wrote out (laughs) descriptions of when you should pop up this dialogue in ways to not annoy the user. And I think that they actually give good advice. So we should cover that.
0: Yeah, because if you have an API, the immediate thought is I'm going to abuse this and keep popping up this oh, yeah. dialogue all the time.
1: Yeah, you know? if, if more reviews help me, then yeah, every time the app starts, I'll pop it up. Yeah, terrible idea. <laughs> so what Apple recommends is that you only pop up this dialogue at number one, the completion of a task. So some specific thing that your app is good at. If your app does a lot of different tasks, then you might want to trigger this code in multiple places, things like that. For an app like iCircuit, which is more of just a general purpose editor, it gets a little harder to define what a task is. But I think we all kind of can intuitively decide what is a good long task in my app, You know, something that's multi-page or something like that. So the idea is when someone has completed a task, Then bug them. Don't bug them in the beginning of the task. Don't bug them in the middle. Bug them at the end. So rule number one. Makes sense.
0: It makes sense. I'm into that. I'm into that.
1: Yeah. Now, uh, another one is you don't even do it the first time they've completed that task. What you want to do is maybe on the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time, the sixth time. In other words, they've done that task multiple times. Now, when I was first getting into this review game, we kind of thought this was... um, Intentionally biasing the score because you don't want people reviewing your app that have only used it for one day and might have some strong opinions one way or the other. Ideally, what you want are people who've used your app for a few days or for weeks or months and have had time to come to a reasoned opinion because you want a bunch of reasoned reviews. So, we have always done this delay here where you never ask them after the first task, you wait until they've done it a bunch of times and simply to bias the data. I mean, this is money-making stuff, right? So we we do not mind biasing. And so you want to bias those scores to the positive. And you do that by biasing your reviewers, the people, to the ones who use it most frequently.
0: Yeah, I did this. So how I did it in my application is these libraries that originally came out, they enabled you to track like usage events, how often this event happened or how many times the, the app has been installed or how many times the user launched it. These were all very nifty and that's sort of what I went with. So my gold standard was I would like for the application to have been installed for 30 days. Mm-hmm. I would also like for them to have used the app at least five times in the last X amount of days. And um, ideally, if I really went all out, then it would be, I also use this feature X amount of times, you know what I mean? Uh, because that means that they've progressed or a good example is I'm a podcast application. Well, a good scenario might be, well, the user has at least subscribed to a podcast and they've listened to five total podcasts. Uh, overall. And, mm-hmm. and it's been at least two weeks because someone could binge, you know, so you don't want to just binge, binge, binge and immediately <laughs> do it, you yeah. know? Yeah. So that would be uh, something that would make a lot of sense at the end of the day for them to, to then want to use. And you can easily just use a settings, a settings, right? So you have like first install and then just boom, you know, you can use the Xamarin essentials for that or whatever and, and go from there. And, and that's
1: how probably how I would do it yeah. yeah and and that's all very smart the trickiest part with all that is you just set a bunch of numbers and all those numbers are mm-hmm. going to have optimal points for every different app and so it's a little bit of a chicken and egg problem to decide you know is a month the right time is a week the right time is 10 sessions the right time a number that's hard honestly I think you need to collect analytics for a while find some good medians you know figure that kind of stuff out I think you can do it data backed and I think that's how I would do it me personally i'm doing it still kind of from the gut i'm like "Eh, i think about 10 days (laughs) is about right (laughs) you know something like that plus there's a there's an additional benefit to this slowing down the pace of the dialogue and that is on apple's side you're only allowed to present this dialogue three times per year so if i call the api the fourth time, guaranteed, it's not going to show up. Even the first three times, it's not guaranteed, but it's probably going to show up. But that's a huge limitation, three times per year. So you definitely want to throttle all sorts of things. And I, I think we mentioned it, but I just want to reiterate to make sure. Um, this means you definitely want to track what version of your app you last asked people Uh, for this dialogue. And for me, I'm only asking for it on major and minor version bumps, patch bumps, you know, like bug fixes and all that. I'm not resetting any counters or anything because I don't want to waste my reviews for super minor updates. Now, are you
0: always prompting them for that? Or do you give your users the ability to um, open the app store? What if they've already, you know? left a review are you removing that somehow or how are you doing that
1: you should always have two ways to do this we are with this annoying dialogue we are talking about an automatic dialogue that pops up um kind of without the user's control it's the app popping it up now you should also most definitely have an actual button people can press to just leave a review on the app store and this is This is what we all had when Gruber told us to stop popping up the dialogue, so we all switched to just having a button in the settings box that says, take me to iTunes so that I can write a review. You absolutely should still do that. In fact, in the Apple Docs, it explicitly says this little pop-up dialogue should not be presented uh, because of an action of the user. If a user clicked a button, do not pop up this dialogue explicitly Mm. instead redirect them to the iTunes URL so that they go to the really real store.
0: Yeah. I was encouraged and um, sort of inspired in a way by overcast, you know, grab Mm -hmm. that, grab that Marco bell. (laughs) Bing. Uh, uh, And and in an overcast, he does something very clever, which is he in his settings puts a review us in the app store But he somehow on his server or however his magical sync thing works Mm -hmm. also tracks how many people reviewed his app this Ah, month, Nice, you know, or this version of the app. So he'll be like 25 people have reviewed it or 100 people. And you sort of want to be. He does that for upgrades, too, of the application. He'd be like, oh, you know, 100 people have upgraded a pro this week. You should, too, you know, and it's that extra encouragement like, oh, other people are doing this. Maybe I should, too, which is really nifty. Now, I don't know if there's an API in the back end or some other way of tracking that, but it's very clever. Maybe he's screen scraping something. But um, I thought that was really nice, which encouraged me to then integrate that system into my app. Now I wasn't as clever as the the Marco. So I just put a button that says, we would love, I would love you forever if you reviewed the app and put a button in there and I would track that and see if people did it. Uh, however, to simplify my life, I did create a plugin for that, Frank, which is of my course. store review plugin. Gotta have a store review plugin. Now Ooh. it's not, it's not hard, but you gotta know the, the, you have to know all the ins and outs of, to launch the store (laughs) try to get them to the review page or these different things. Uh, So you can, you can open the store page or you can open the review page and, and my little plugin, which is honestly like 20 lines of code. But for me, it was worth writing a little DLL to do it. So I just pass in an app ID and boom, I'm done, you know, super simple.
1: It wouldn't be a merge conflict episode unless we were promoting one of our libraries, right? So this is totally on brand for us. I want to talk about that. But first, I need to acknowledge what you said before about the um, gamifying the reviews a little bit by making Mm. it. It's not exactly competitive, but yeah, there's a little bit of groupthink or mob mentality when you see, oh, 20 other people reviewed it today. Don't you want to join the club and be a member of the super cool review club? I love that. I love tapping into like the most primitive parts of our brain. (laughs) It's just, yes, I don't want to miss out. Uh, What's that cute phrase? Uh, Whatever. Um, There's only only 25 (laughs) minutes left in the day to get your review in. Do it now. (laughs) Yeah, there should be a counter. (laughs) Review within 20 seconds. (laughs) You missed your opportunity today. You know what they say? Like, yeah, marketing is all about false scarcity. So, yeah, you just got to create a false scarcity. Yeah, reviews are only available at 5 p.m. <laughs> oh no, I'm in. Let's do it. <laughs> okay, review club. But library, yes. Good job, James. So this covers Android, iOS, and UWP, and it's just a nougat, and that's it. And TVOS. Ooh, of course. <laughs>
0: Very important. Yeah. This one does three things. It will um, for Android. There's no API to bring up a dialog to prompt for review, so you have to go to the marketplace. Now, the intricate part there is that there's two URLs, one to go to the app store page and one to go to the review page. So you can, the, the API that I give you says open store page or open review page. And on each platform, it'll do the corresponding thing. Mm-hmm. Then there is request a review, which follows Apple's API, which is this magical, maybe it'll pop up, maybe it won't. There Yeah. Um. There is a UWP API to bring up that star review which was introduced uh i think in one of the updates a while ago 10. but that 3, brings it up. i
1: believe yeah 10.3 10. 10
0: yeah that was for ios and then for uwp oh, uwp it's been there for like a year or two as well and that will come up anytime you can prompt the user <laughs> uh, for information which is nice and in, in general yeah. it's, it's at least something but uh i didn't put any of the tracking stuff in there i didn't want to create a whole tracking mechanism thing, you know, out there So you can figure out your tracking of when you want to do this. But to be honest, from this conversation, you really need to start thinking from day one about how you're going to get these users on day 60, even though you might be multiple updates in because you need to be tracking and storing that information.
1: Yeah, you do. Um, and I, I don't actually track and store that much information. I just basically keep a counter. And if something good happens in the app, I bump up the good counter. And if something bad happens in the app, I down the counter. That's another pro tip, by the way. If someone's d- having a really bad time in your app, maybe you don't want to prompt them for a review. <laughs> Again, it's all about biasing the data. And so it's not just tracking good events, it's also tracking negative events. But if you think about it, you can do that with a single counter. I think the moment you get into multiple counters and multiple events, then you might start fooling yourself and you might be trying to game the data a little bit too much. I I think it's fun to do a little bit of biasing, but you can easily start to fool yourself when you start to try to really control the users. Mm. You'll create weird perturbations in the data. That makes
0: sense. uh, That is something... Way different to think about, but yeah that that makes complete sense. You almost need sentiment analysis on your application in real time, yeah,
1: <laughs> I love that, I love that, wow, um hmm, new library coming, <laughs> yeah you could charge for that service, that's for sure <laughs> yeah, see um I don't I'm sure you've noticed this uh the other way, people bias their results for these, and that is. Before you pop up Apple's dialogue saying, Would you like to write a review? You first pop up your own dialogue saying, Hey, are you enjoying this app? And it's a simple yes, no question. And if you say no, guess what? They don't pop up the dialogue. <laughs> if you say yes, they do pop up the dialogue. So look at that. That is the absolute easiest way to bias a sampling of data. Just ask them the question first and then ask them the question for realsy. And guess what? You're going to get all positive reviews. So that's a little dirty. I'm not going to go there. I do, Like I said, I do love biasing, but that one just feels way too sleazy. I feel like I need like a late night TV commercial to pull that one off.
0: I'm a fan of that. I think uh, that's pretty genius. <laughs> uh, and I've seen that. I've seen that. I've seen that quite often. So I'm I'm all for it. Do that. And that's what you want to do. Yeah. Well, you only get three tries. So oh, you better be you better be darn sure that that person is going to give you a good review uh, in
1: general. Yeah, so
0: go for it. Yeah, like
1: you're right. It's sad. You know, this is the part, like, if I was an evil person, I would have so much fun. I, I could just see all these little loopholes and do all these things. It's really hard balancing being ethical and what does ethics even mean in sales. So, ugh, yeah, I don't think about this stuff at all. Not at all, James. No. <laughs> no, not at all.
0: Not not the slightest. Well, you know, I think that brings it to my last topic, which probably is something that you're going through right now as you start to update new versions of your application, which is something unique to iOS, unlike Android or UWP, which is Apple gives you the ability to reset your reviews or not reset your reviews because reset mm-hmm. was the default, which is the most stupid thing in the world is, oh, I uh, I released my app and I got 100
1: reviews. That's great. Oh, I put out a bug fix. I got zero reviews. Yeah. It was actually incentivizing us not to update our apps. That's how bad it was. In the heyday, back when I did have this old dialogue in iCircuit, I had great reviews. I had like four and a half stars, 150 reviews. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to update this app. <laughs> like, it took me a long time to earn all that stuff. And so that was terrible. And I think Apple finally realized that they're creating a real terrible situation here. And so they let us do. Uh, they let us upload without resetting our reviews. But now another problem, this is the problem of having long-term software. Now my reviews have slipped down a little bit because I let the quality slide a little bit last year on the app. And it's all been fixed now. The updates are good. Everyone's happy. But I did suffer through a year of not great reviews. And so I think I am going to pull the trigger on my own app and fix Finally, reset the views. I waited years and years to finally not have to reset reviews, but it's nice to have that manual control and decide, yeah, this is a properly new version and I want people to give it a second look. So now's a good time. The trick is those reviews correlate to profits quite simply. So I have to balance taking a hit in profits, a momentary, hopefully short-term hit in profits to hopefully get a longer term uh, profits by having better review scores. It's a tricky problem, honestly. Yeah. It,
0: you have to balance it back and forth to understand what is the the mechanism that you're not going to upset everybody. Um, also trying to get more people because it's going to be hard for you to have people re-review your app because even when you pull this, they can always re-review. But th- those, those are gone. Luckily, there is a lifelong number, you know, too, which yes, is ideal. Yeah. Uh, so that doesn't go away. The resetting isn't resetting on everything. So you do get to get rid of someone. What's your threshold? Do you have a threshold? Is it because
1: you've fallen under a four or some magic oh, or too yeah, many? Yeah, all, all my apps, I want four stars and higher. I think everyone's comfortable. Um, honestly, like I said, I don't mind three and a half star apps, but I think when someone's looking, um, they're definitely gonna prefer the four star one, especially if you have competition. Now my apps don't have too much competition, so I am I can get away with being terrible for a little bit. But overall, yeah, I absolutely want all my apps at four stars and higher. I consider three stars kind of a failure. Yeah, I'm not a mediocre app. Actually, average means you're pretty good. Three three stars. That's not how people I look know. at it. It's not how people look at it. I had a four in college. It's a it's a psychosis.
0: <laughs> yeah, you did smarty pants.
1: Oh, Frank. Oh, Frank. Oh, there you
0: go. You just talked about reviews for 35 minutes. Are
1: you proud of yourself? I am because you know what? This stuff is important. We talk about architecture and all that, but that's not going to help you run a business. <laughs> this this stuff is what's going to help you run a successful app business, unfortunately.
0: It's true. It's true. I even myself that, you know, I want to uh, at some point make money in the long term. I have to I have to learn these things from the master. So I appreciate you taking time to <laughs> to run down when and how and how I should try to do this. And I'll probably bug you even more. When uh, when I do this for reels, when I when one day, one day when I become an app developer,
1: (laughs) someday James you'll graduate or you'll go back. It's a regression for you actually. That's true. Yeah. I think the problem is no one likes to talk about this stuff because let's say you figure out the magic thing and you're making all the money. It's like, do you really want to share your secrets with other people? <laughs> you know, the joke is um, the people who teach like the 10 secrets to running a successful business, you know, they wouldn't be writing a book if they had a successful business. So it's just like, why would you talk about it? There's no reason to talk about it. So it's, I think it's good that we actually took time to put it into words, all the terrible things that we do is people selling software.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree. Well, I hope everyone found this relatively useful. And honestly, I think I would be really intrigued to see if other people are doing something different than what we talked about. That's yeah. the best part is, you know, if, if you're got something that works for you, hit us up on Twitter at MergeConflictFM or MergeConflict.fm, our website, there's a contact button. We love feedback. We love hearing, leave a comment in the show notes. We read those. Or you know what people can do, too? You can leave us a review. Mm. Ooh, <laughs> how meta. <laughs> uh, you can go to mergeconflict.fm slash review. Or you know what? In your show notes, there's a big button that says review our podcast. It's got stars around it. You know what? We read those. We love those. And it really actually helps us out, grow up those charts. Because Apple, they like those reviews. And we love those
1: reviews. Look at that. Full 360. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Yeah, and n- n- no one stars. <laughs> We've already discussed how how I feel about one stars. <laughs> yeah, no one stars.
0: Just the five stars. Ah, uh, not right, Frank. Well, uh, say <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. There's no one stars. It's all five stars. Five stars or nothing. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, thank you, Frank, for uh, for giving me those those details of those five stars. I'm going to go give you five stars right now.
1: Ooh, thank you, James. And I'll give you five stars if I can find one of your apps. Perfect. Which one should I review? Uh, Which one do into- you want reviews for?
0: nintendodispatch.com slash review oh, that right. podcast
1: could hear. Yeah. my, po- my <laughs> okay.
0: podcast needs need more review more than that and that's another topic that we'll get into one day if we ever talk about podcasting well that's going to do it for this week's merch conflict as always i'm james montemagno and i'm
1: frank krueger thanks for listening peace